You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast part of the fake teams podcast channel i am the consummate professional the loather of the blind zebra confederation of the nfl rom-com aficionado your humble host pete rogers and i am joined by some of the guys we have wedding planner extraordinaire doubter of juju smith schuster and ambivalent texans fan resident old man clark barnes and the fan of what scientists lovingly call facts, teacher of the if you're not cheating, you're not trying mentality, and hates donkeys more than life itself, the digit normal man, Nick Botifer. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Good, man. How are you doing? I am doing well. Clark, I was really sad that you weren't on Tuesday's podcast because I was really excited about my wedding planner extraordinaire uh, name drop for you, and so I'm glad that you're on this one so that I could use it. Yeah, love it. You uh, you really nailed me with that one. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Clark. I I put I've have all the faith in the world that you are you are a fantastic wedding planner, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that you're doing great things. Nick is adjusting his blowing up computer. <laughs> uh, you you you're right. <laughs> um, excellent. Well, we've got. Week 15 starts and sits for you. And we've got a new method to the starts and sits madness. Um, We're going to categorize our starts and sits because sometimes you want a sure thing. You need a sure thing. And sometimes your lineup can take a risk. And so hopefully that's what we're going to do. We've got four categories for you. We have must starts, sneaky starts, scary starts, and sit his ass on the bench. Um, And we'll start with the first one. We'll start with the must starts, sure things. Uh, Clark. Who you got as your must start for this week? I'm going back to the well, baby. <laughs> We're quarterback themed from the Barnes camp tonight on starts and sits. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know he had a tough one last week when I told you to start him. I'm sorry about that. I accidentally left Dak Prescott in my lineup and ended up getting four very crucial points Ooh. that I needed to move on in the playoffs. But I'm going back. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a must start. Uh, Dolphins receivers were injured, all of them, last week, and Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't able to overcome that. Uh, but this week, we have a good matchup for the Dolphins against the Giants. I got Correct. excited. I lost my spot in my notes. So I'm <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Clark's the, the energy is pulsing through him. The Giants are awful. The Dolphins are, using air quotes here, surging. And I think that they get back on track <laughs> against the uh, ailing Giants. Another must start, which I felt was too obvious is Devontae Parker. He was concussed last week, but he was up and in a practice jersey, according to the great Roto world today. So unless we hear some really bad news that he's going to be held out, uh, Parker and Fitzpatrick stack in to win that second round of the playoffs, maybe. Nice. 
So uh, I'm super on board with the with the Fitz call. I've got him as like a high end quarterback too this week. Um, to be my annoying medical self with the Devontae Parker stuff, they have to uh, go through like full practices. He so I think today he was still wearing the non contact jersey, but That's he participated. Yeah, so but he was he participated in all the drills. He has to do that. Like he has to be a full participant um, and then see if that uh brings his concussion symptoms back um which is it's, it's such a tease because like you'll be waiting to, to see if a, a guy who's concussed will be coming back and he has to, and he'll like be a full participant in practice but if the symptoms come back afterwards then he's still benched so he's not quite cleared but this would be a friggin blow-up spot for him if if he comes back i mean every spot's a blow-up spot for him because he's amazingly talented well, Nick, we all know that the NFL truly cares about its players and would never trot someone out there merely for ratings or uh, to help the sport, especially not with concussions, because we God all saw no. that movie and now we're all on the same it, side. So, <laughs> Yeah, the movie that was like edited to the NFL's wishes, like they cut a bunch of stuff out of there. They kept um, just the one scene of Will Smith being like, do you know what a concussion is? And then the NFL's like, all right, we sign off on that scene. And then everything else you need to take out, take the science out because yeah. we can't have that being broad stream to the uh, mass media. I'm putting you this know? one in the old Titanic shoe box. Still never seen it. Not gonna. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. The Titanic I Fair. held out for a while on, and then I finally saw it and I was like, I have a I feeling it could have read the Wikipedia end. page. It's going to end poorly for me one day as a 65-year-old dementiatic Clark Barnes is on an airplane and someone is watching Titanic next to him and I'm just going to lose it. I made it so far! <laughs> it's going to be me, Clark. I'm going to now follow you on every flight yes. that you take and just be watching the Titanic, hopefully that you glance over at me. That's great. Um, crazy, Miles. <laughs> That's what Nick's worried. Nick's like, man, you're going to rack up some big miles if you do that. You could fly anywhere in the world. Uh, yours, your start, Clark, dovetails very nicely into my must start for this week because I'm on the flip side. The Giants offense, Darius Slayton, he's coming off of a huge game where he caught 154 yards and two touchdowns versus the Eagles. He's facing the Dolphins, who are giving up the third most yards and most touchdowns in the last four weeks. You fire him up right again. Uh, he's going to have another perform big game, regardless of what quarterback they've got back there. Even if it, it seems like it's Eli Manning again, which whoo, for one of my fantasy teams would be great because it is a super flex and guess who my super flex is. It's Eli Manning. <laughs> so your boy needs Eli to have a big game against the dolphins, but Darius Slayton, he's been, he's had huge games this season followed by, you know, he's been pretty streaky, but I think that uh, given this matchup again and given how successful he was last week against the Eagles, I am fully on board with him having another big game this week. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, submitting the quarterback rankings today with Ryan Tannehill as the cover photo and then seeing the piece get published with Eli Manning. <laughs> the cover people photo. don't care about Ryan Tannehill <laughs> anymore. The people want Eli. <laughs> uh, but hey, props to you, Clark. Eli Manning did not uh die on first contact last week so <laughs> that's a win yes. his quarterback 21 last week right there you go. About what i was expecting <laughs> there you go well i uh i got him as like a, a a good streamer this week so take that for what it what it's worth yeah well i'm relying on him to get me at least a good performance in the super flex but so uh if yeah. this is the first time you're listening to the podcast Nick having him as a quarterback too is a that's a big, 
fucking endorsement of <laughs> Eli Manning. Yeah, that's yeah, a big Eli deal. Manning's animated this is a win. gets a high-end <laughs> quarterback zero ranking. This is, this is a big win for Eli's Hall of Fame status. So for uh, to, to round things out, my like must start or whatever the fancy term is we're, we're using uh, is the, the aforementioned guy who Pete is bored by, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I think that a lot of people who have him are, are probably going to go, well, done starting him because of how well he's done. But I can see some reticence. You know, we're, we're into the fantasy playoffs, and are we really starting a streaming option in Ryan Tannehill? And fuck, yeah, we are. He's been so good. Like he has been just blowing up box scores ever since he took over. Uh, his 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 worst games are still very usable. He's he's had a, a few like in the mid. He's had one in the mid teens. The rest have all been in the high teens, uh, be that nineteen uh, or higher. I mean he's he's getting into the 30, 30 point per game range. Um, but he's he's facing Clark's uh, Texans this week, who I'm sure will get the victory. We're not disputing that. Um, <laughs> But last week, rookie who Drew Locke, the quarterback for the the Denver Broncos, who was famer, basically right, yeah, right, forced into action because Joe Flacco and uh, what's his fuck? because Joe Flacco uh, spoke up at a press conference. Right. Yeah, Joe um, Flacco's like, I'm right. out, bitches. I mean, it's just it's just amazing that like he, this quarterback who didn't he didn't win the job. He's basically like, well, he's off IR, so I guess we'll put him in now. <laughs> Um, just took him to task. He hung 309 passing yards on him, uh, three touchdowns and, and just one interception. Uh, got a little bit done on the ground too, just just a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean this this even Tom Brady, who's really been struggling in the box score two weeks ago, he hung over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and, and a pick on him as well. So I I really like the idea of targeting this Texans defense uh, in the playoffs. And Tannehill has been so hot. Just just keep riding with him. I have a contrarian thought and so i'm going to jump ahead to my fade oh, and make your smart fellow so, you so uh i have ryan Tannehill as a fade not because he's not playing well and not because i think he's unusable the definition that we're using for fade is if you've got another good option lean on that person and try to lean away from this person my thinking being the titans love to run the football and the texans are terrible at stopping the run so my one concern with Tannehill is that the Titans are able to control the game or at least just keep it close, giving the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times. And so Tannehill, who has been playing well, will not be forced to do much and so may end up with a semi-pedestrian 200 and some odd yards in one touchdown game instead of what we've been seeing out of him lately. Uh, that's not a condemnation of Tannehill, uh, but Nick, what do you think? The game plan might, might take the ball out of his hands. I, th- I think that, that the the nice factor here, uh, you know, when, when we're looking at um, quarterbacks, a lot of the time what we do is we look at what the op- the opposing offense has to bring to the table, not just the opposing defense. Um, the Texans, although they obviously struggle on the defensive side of the ball, they don't struggle on the offensive side. Any, you know, any team quarterback by Deshaun Watson with the playmakers that he has in the field, they're always going to be putting up points. They're always going to be in it. So I like the, and, and the, you know, the Titans defense isn't all that great. So I like the Texans odds of continuing to score throughout the game and, and making the Titans keep the pedal to the metal. No strong argument against it, but uh, you know, anytime we can represent both sides of an argument so that the podcast is right. Well then. I mean, we can't say no to having the podcast be right. What else are we doing here? Uh, and usually I- Nick is right. Just 
So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Get out of here. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to our sneaky starts. Guys who uh, come with some risk, but the, the upside is certainly there. Nick, what do you uh, got to start us off? Um, all right, for my sneaky starts, who was I going with? Oh, okay. Uh, not so sneaky if you checked out my, uh, my running back rankings. It is Raheem Mostert, or whatever his name has morphed into at this point. I was very <laughs> Raheem confident. Raheem the most. Yeah, I was very confident in, in the, the, the French pronunciation of Mostert, which I don't know if that's actually a French pronunciation, but it's what I think a French pronunciation would be. Pronunciation. All, um, of, all just, of France is like, God damn it, that is terrible. Our French yeah, listeners, they are, they are unsubscribed right now. My mom is fluent. I'll ask her in a little while. Oh, um, brag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. She got recruited by the FBI because she's so friggin' Cause she's uh, so fluent. Because she's yeah. so friggin' fluent. She was like, no, I'm going to go to college. It was weird. Um, anyway. And that was a look into Nick's life. <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, uh, enough about my mom. Um, so Raheem Osir, I mean, the, the dude's just been blowing up box scores. He's been in the top, like, three or five in, in running back scoring uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, I can I can pull that up here if, if necessary. But um, today, head coach Kyle Shanahan was basically saying, uh, he said something to the effect of, like, we want to divvy up the workload as much as we can, but Raheem isn't really giving us much of a choice. Uh, so yeah, he's the, he's the running back one in, uh, in standard scoring over the last two weeks and, and running in, in, in half point PBR too. So I ride with him, man. Uh, he's killing it and he's going up against the Falcons defense. They're at home. Um, they have to be favorites in this one. And <clears throat> You know, the Falcons, they had that little, like, brief kind of resurgence in the wind column, but they were still just giving up tons of yards uh, and tons of points. So, uh, yeah, no fear here. I mean, just looking over past box scores of, of what running backs have been able to do, no surprise, Christian McCaffrey's gone off against them. But, um, yeah, I, I, I expect a lot out of, out of Raheem this week. He's, uh, I think he's my overall running back 11. Yeah, I, I like this because I just snagged him off waivers and – I need him to have a big game for me to continue on the fantasy playoffs. So I like Nick putting the good vibes out there. Speak it into existence. Yeah. The, uh, we were right that the San Francisco running back was going to be huge this year. We just didn't realize <laughs> that it was going to be six different people variably throughout the year. Very difficult to predict, uh, yep. but it does appear most start has rested the job, whatever the, whatever most that guy has, has rested the job away for now and is not, uh, dealing with nagging injuries like everybody else on the staff so i think he's a not a sneaky start i think he's a must start if you picked him up on waivers like you did like if you're in the uh, toilet bowl bracket and accidentally picked him up and didn't realize you were being rude because uh, you weren't out of it when you made your waiver claim sorry but i'm gonna start him and I'm is that rude is it rude if you're in the toilet bowl to like make like claims on waivers toward. I think it's I think it's it's fair game. What's what's rude to me is is like if you're out of it and then you're just like dump all your team onto the waivers. Oh, that's unacceptable. Right, that's a rude dick move. is like mildly like oh come on man. Rude See, is I, like we're not going to invite you back to the league next year. Yeah, that I think it is rude to not establish what your expectations are and then hammer somebody for doing you know the opposite of what you think in like week 15 after you you know you, you have all once you've established you go, the rules hey guys right. so yeah here's here's how i think we should do this what you know what what is everybody else thinking and it, you know if some people want to play their cards close and just going well, i'm not going to tell you that's fine but like 
I, I don't, it, you know, I, uh, I was uh, having drinks with a buddy of mine, uh, Jacob, friend of the podcast. He's tweeted at me uh, or tweeted at big teams from time to time. Um, uh, he was talking about Jeff Ratcliffe of PFF, who's basically just like shaming people who are out of the playoffs who are still just wanting to participate. And he was like, don't be that guy. And it's like, screw you, man. get this in the podcast, like do a whole podcast about what you think, you know, fantasy football etiquette is in, in August and then let everyone discourse. But this, this whole thing where, you know, like the second place guys pissed off because he didn't set up, you know, or, or discuss with the league, what the expectations are. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the person who's competing for a consolation prize wants to keep participating. I just think it's, you know, that's garbage. Get, right. get, get your stuff out there. You don't want to lose the league. Like e- even yeah. if you're not, even if you're not making a run for the championship, you don't want to lose the league. It's that you still want to better your team. And so I think you have free claim over the waivers. If you get them off weight, especially if it's a, a, a fab structure, like if there's all fair, you know, all fairs in love and war. If you if you can put in as much money as you want, and someone who's in the actual playoffs can put in more money to make sure they get it, I think there's no problem with it, Clark. You don't have anything to worry about. Look at thanks, guys. I feel you're much a, better. You're a delightful human being. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My sneaky start for this week is Marlon Mack, uh, who returned from injury last week and instantly regained the Colts' backfields, uh, had 13 touches. He wasn't uber productive with them, but we know what Marlon Mack can do. He's been a very productive fantasy back this year when healthy. And while the Saints' run defense has been tough this season, it's been uh, a, a matchup you tended to want to avoid. In the last four weeks, they've been giving up the seventh most points to running backs, and they've been dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. Um, and obviously, we saw it all come to fruition last week where the 49ers were able to run all over them, and Raheem Mostert, uh, Raheem Mosty, was able to uh, just basically torch them for all kinds of fantasy production. And I think the Colts are going to want to, again, to stay in this game, establish the run. That's the kind of offense they like to run. And then, uh, and then you know, not put the pressure on Jacoby Brissett to stay up with Drew Brees in that offense. So I like Marlon Mack to have a – there is risk there, but I think that he could have a, a pretty good game against the Saints this weekend. So what I want to add to this is uh, Evan Silva was was uh, quote tweeting something from from Field Yates a little while ago. Oh, the, the 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 Saints just put um, both Sheldon Rankins and I think it was Marcus Davenport. Double checking right now. Um, there are the Marcus injuries. Davenport, I, it's like Sheldon yeah. Rankins, Marcus Davenport, AJ Klein, and Kiko Alonso are both banged up too. Yes. Well, so Davenport and Sheldon Rankins just went on injury right reserve. on IR. Yeah. So that's 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 huge that that makes that drastically changes the face of this uh this saints defense which is scary on paper but uh yeah with their two of their best defensive line or two of their best defensive players period um out i i like max chances a lot and and it was nice to we we expected it but it was nice to see that jordan wilkins and jonathan williams just right. don't exist in the coaches minds which is uh when marlon so is nice healthy. It's like so nice to just have that sense of security in fantasy when so often when, you know, someone misses time in the backfield, suddenly he returns and you're like, oh my God, is it going to be like, what combination of the, their newfound running backs is it going to be? It's, it's nice when Marlon Mack comes back and they're like, okay, Marlon Mack, here's 13 touches for you. Have fun. Clark, who's your uh, sneaky start this week? My sneaky start sticking with the quarterback themed <laughs> is the mighty mustachioed Minshew. Going to town against the Raiders, he'll have a little bit of the football gods on his side. The Raiders trying to move to a more clean-cut image, and everybody hates that. So harking back to their lovely mustachioed quarterback days, 
I feel like the gods will play a little trick on them. Minshew's going to go off. The Raiders have been extremely up and down this year, and so have the Jaguars with their rookie quarterback. So Minshew comes back, had a rough game last week, recovers, and, uh, you know, Raiders secondary is, I'm not going to say it, not very good. There we go. Also, <laughs> secondary sneaky start, A.J. Brown, get him in there, because even though Tannehill may struggle, there will be enough for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, that. yeah, A.J. Brown, I I was going to make my must start, and then I looked, and Clark, props to your Texans, man. Last four weeks, allowing the fewest points to wide receivers. So I was like, oh, man, all of my A.J. Brown hype has been greatly diminished, but I like him as a sneaky start because the upside is certainly there because he has flashed multiple times now and is – I think the best receiver on, on Tennessee. And if they're going to chuck the ball, he's probably their number one target. So what were those last four games? Uh, Julian Edelman, who they doubled the Colts with T.I. Hilton, who dropped or had like five balls tipped. And then the Broncos, I haven't watched that one and I'm not going to. Uh, so sometimes those past four games numbers can be a little deceiving. Yeah, it's but Broncos, you- Patriots, Colts, and then Ravens who don't throw their wide receivers anyway. I really like that Clark is chiming. I know Clark is diminishing his own team. Of his team. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's awesome. It's hilarious. This is, this is why you tune in because we, we put our, our fandoms aside to give you right. hard, true fantasy advice. And Clark yeah, fuck is the Seahawks. It. Back at it, Clark. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, that's it. It's just, it, it's been a pretty easy road for the Texans secondary uh, and and they've still managed to give up a ton of points to uh, don't even know his name in Denver, the guy from Iowa or whatever. Uh, no, so, a fan. There we go. Thanks. I got you. Uh, yeah, I would love the AJ Brown move. Not no, a fan. The quarterback. Oh, uh, Drew Locke. But no, fans also from Iowa, isn't he? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like the idea of like an Central adult State. man. Who's like a you know like a leader of men on the football field? Andrew, Don't say I. Everyone should stop saying leader of men. Just don't do What's that. Bad, it's leader. It's true. Mm. Let's not there be gendered with our leaderness. Captain, a leader. Sure. A leader. They're of all better. <laughs> Almost everything is better. Okay. Leader Astronauts. of leader of uh, someone on two legs. I think that's what we can spin do. it all over again. <laughs> What's the problem with the phrase? It's just stupid. Oh, all right. I just thought it was apropos because it's a you know it's a group of fifty three guys, fifty three men, <laughs> boys. That's fine. It's not that it's inaccurate. It's, it's just, just a- like Deion Sanders like vomited it out one day, and now everyone's saying it's like, oh, he can really spit it. Like how we said that about quarterbacks for two and a half years. Just I don't care for it. It's don't banished. pay attention to him because he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about now. Did you remember like a year ago, he had a safety, like an NFL safety, like asking him something. And he's like, okay, these fans are crazy. And you're like, you work at the NFL network and you don't know that a player is talking to you. It's almost like they hire people who have name recognition rather than people who can provide good analysis for the games. I don't, I don't like that insinuation, Nick. <laughs> How we dare should, you? We should get hired by the NFL. We would be yeah, just like pretty good will, during the broadcast and look like, you know, wear cleats that have shit on them and like wear pink because they don't like pink. They don't like to wear except, pink. except for except for the one month where we support breast cancer. Are they for yeah. cancer again? Yeah, they're for cancer now. Oh, we, are, okay. we are pro cancer because the NFL. So hard to keep up. Yeah, the NFL doesn't want you to wear pink unless it's uh, during their uh, 
assigned yeah. time to support breast cancer. D'Angelo Williams dyed his hair pink, and they and find they him. Fucking fine because it was for his mom who was fighting breast cancer. The NFL loves when players express themselves, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, you're right, dude. You're right. You're right. You're right. They get really like. I really want someone who doesn't understand sarcasm to listen to this podcast and be like, wow, there are so many hot takes going down here. These guys are just spitting the hottest takes. Um, I had a buddy tell me today that he equates Bill Belichick with the deep state. And I like dropped my phone laughing. I thought that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> do you see, do you see the, uh, the video of him talking with Ed Reed about that play uh, that he had against Peyton Manning? It was like an interview. It was, Bill Belichick, when Bill Belichick talks about football, is mesmerizing because the guy actually Like when he gets cares. excited? Oh, my God. He, gets, he got so excited. And I was like, wow, this is – I have been a Patriots fan all my life, and I've never seen Bill Belichick this excited. Except for he the gets, one time where they're like, tell me about a punter. And Bill Belichick's just like, oh, boy, let me tell you. He is obsessed with free safeties. And oh. he is – like, oh, He's obsessed with Ed Reed, is like too. his favorite Ed player is, of all time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, it makes it, it crushes my soul that they never got he never got to coach him, but you know such is life. That would have been so fun. I think Bill Belichick. God. Excuse my language, but Bill Belichick would have coached with a pants tent for that entire season. <laughs> okay, let's get back on track. Yeah, your sneaky starts or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, fade away. So. We're, we're we're into scary starts, but before we get there, we are going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and it's time for scary starts. Basically, as Clark has already given his, he's, and he's alluded to, it basically just fades. Guys who were worried about this week and aren't sure are entirely worth benching. So Clark is, uh, Ryan Tannehill is his guy. Nick, who are you uh, fading this week? Or your scary start? Look out, it's not Halloween. This was just a scary start. <laughs> you gotta commit, Nick. Come on. You gotta do it. Nick, if you're gonna do a bit, do the bit! All right, so uh, my 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 fadeaway guy <laughs> is is Kyler Murray. Um, he's just been so like his whole team has just been in disarray over the last two weeks. Like David Johnson came back into the picture last week just briefly. Um, Kenyon Drake was the world beater, and now like I, I couldn't rank him higher than an RB three. It the team's just in chaos, um, and I'm not I'm. I'm not confident that he, even going against this up and down uh, Cleveland Browns defense that he's going to be able to get it done. He's shown that he does have the, uh, like, he's got an okay floor, but this, 
Ryan Tannehill has a better floor than Kyler Murray. And that's bizarre, but he does like, you know, Murray, Murray comes close to hitting like 10 points in some cases and has hit that or, or lower. Um, so I, just given his recent track record, I'm not on board with it. I'm sure the hamstring is, is probably still a problem for him. And maybe that is, is, is the reason, but I dropped him down to like the quarterback, I think 14 this week uh, and, and, and put Drew Locke in a stellar matchup ahead of him. Yeah, I was doing some quick uh, just confirmation research because Clark has now pointed out to my that the last four weeks, I need to make sure I know what games a team has played the last four weeks. I'm just kidding, Clark. I'm pulling your leg. Uh, but yeah, but the Browns have been have been solid against quarterbacks the last four weeks. They're allowing the, what, fifth fewest points to them, uh, having played Steelers twice, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. So take that for with a grain of salt. But we do love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh so it is a matchup and we've seen Kyler Murray. I think a lot of what during that spike where Kyler Murray suddenly became the fantasy quarterback, we all knew and we all thought he was going to be, he was being active on his legs. He was being able to run the ball or at least, you know, get out of uh, pressure and be able to make plays downfield. And now this hamstring injury seemingly is ha- hampering him and he's being un- not as explosive in the pocket. And with, uh, with the Browns being playing pretty good defense up until now, that could be a, a matchup you want to avoid. I'd just like to take a minute to talk about uh, how right I believe I was about Kyler Murray and what's his face from Texas Tech being the coach in that it was going to be an improvement and it was going to be exciting, but let's not talk about Kyler Murray being league MVP just yet. Yeah. Maybe there was, there was, don't go back and listen to the pods. <laughs> just take my word for it. I was right. There was a, a lot of hype surrounding, surrounding that. As and let's remember this next year when the bright shiny thing happens also want to throw out there uh christian kirk i believe is going to be a very good draft pick yes uh, next year his stats are going to look terrible and we're going to forget that he had nagging injuries all year yes. second year with what's his face from texas tech and kyler murray it's gonna be exciting <laughs> yeah dan faust that's his name right dan yeah. faust yep he has he has left the uh booth. faust yeah dan faust the poet did he yeah, sell his soul <laughs> to get kyler murray poet slash head coach <laughs> <laughs> slash broadcaster oh he's God a real renaissance it. man he's got to get that Sorry, gotta get out of the book <laughs> is he a leader of renaissance people he's a leader. yes <laughs> leader of the renaissance men <laughs> uh, all right uh my scary start for this week is Cortland sutton and it's scary, especially for me, because I need to start him and i need him to have a good week and while he's proven to be more or less matchup proof uh he faces the Chiefs, who have allowed the second fewest points to wide receivers this season. And they're in Kansas City, which is never an easy place to play. And while Drew Locke has looked good through his first couple of starts, <laughs> what is going to happen when he is in an uh, adverse environment? I don't know. So anyways, this is, I'm just, uh, I need Cortland Sutton to have a big game for me, but it's not a start that I'm excited about. Speak it into existence. So a couple of reasons that uh, we could see this, obviously Kansas City is struggling a little bit on offense, but I think maybe our expectations are just getting out in front of us. They're still doing okay. They're still moving the ball. Uh, The Kansas City secondary has been a bit of an avoid because their running defense has been so poor this year, Mm -hmm. but they can easily be had still. Uh, I believe the Broncos will try to run the ball uh, and control the clock and keep Pat Mahomes off the field. That's a really great idea until you're down by 14 points. So I think the silver lining for the Sutton start here is the Broncos, although they did just beat a Texans team who apparently just wanted to enjoy a second bye, 
are not very good and should be down. And so we're going to look for garbage time from Sutton. Uh, interceptions don't count against your wide receiver. So you could do a lot worse than rolling Sutton out there. So I'm, yeah, I uh, just kind of a fun development here. So I was playing in, in the uh, fake teams and fake teams adjacent uh, vampire league, never been in a vampire league before, but did it this year. And I was the vampire currently in the, uh, so for Team those Jacob. who don't, what's that? Nothing. Team. Oh, Christ. Um, uh, for those who don't know what a vampire he is from Seattle. Is, Ooh, it's Nick actually uh, a vampire. Uh, Breaking news. He's dreaming too, Nick. Yeah, I know, Nick. You are updated his Twitter photo. And look at him. Oh, yeah, he did. Ooh, let's look at that. Let's 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 interrogate Nick's new Twitter photo. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> vampire. Fuck. Yeah, vampire league. Uh, I just forgot what I was talking about. I was like, oh god, I'm talking about the movie. Welcome. Um, Vampire League is where oh, look at that all but, smile. Thank you. All but one team uh, drafts, and and the the remaining team uh, compiles his or her team with free agents, and no one else can use the uh, the, the vampire is the only person who can use free agency uh, outside of injured reserve. People can then make a, a move with with injured reserve. Um, but basically, so I'm the vampire. I can add and drop at any time as much as I want to. Um, and when I beat a team, I take a player from that team. It's a starter for starter, position, position for position swap. I was feeling real good entering the playoffs because I was rolling out um, Mike Evans and DJ Chark. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Luckily, I, I, well, I, I lied a little bit there. I also have Julio Jones. But I was able to pick up Cortland Sutton because for whatever reason, no one drafted him. So I'm, I'm rolling with him. And I, I really like his odds against Kansas City. And I, I, I think – what Clark was saying about some uh, some garbage time stats, I, I think that, that could true. absolutely be the case. Yeah, I mean they're gonna um, hopefully continue to get Drew Lock some reps with him in real time, and and this is the perfect game, you know, where they're gonna probably get blown out by Kansas City, or just gonna be like, all right, dude, tee yeah. off, just just just, jump just start chucking it, and let's see what happens. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you guys, you guys have instilled me with confidence that I was otherwise lacking going into this. So thank you. Yeah. In the uh, league where I defeated the second best team in the league to move into the second round, Mike Evans, DJ Chark, and Devonte Parker were my wide receivers. So we were scrambling this week on the old waiver wire. Damn. The Houston Oilers. The Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers. The Houston Oilers. Oh, because are you two peating, or are you just just two with fun? I'm going for number two. Yeah. Nice. Nice. The the why don't the Texans, Clark, as the official spokesperson for the Texans, why don't the Texans uh, play in the powder blues as throwbacks more often? If because the NFL is a oh, is it the NFL's fault? I'm gonna restrain myself. No, because the NFL it, is a horrible fly. organization. We live in a world where the franchise moves instead of the franchise, at least name and history, sticking with the team. And since the Titans moved, and are the Oilers supposedly now we opened up the naming rights for our new team in houston to the public and we know what happens when you let the public decide on things look at who's been running the country for the past 25 years we named it the lamest name possible because the oilers are gone and if it was baby blue then it would be the titans it's a whole thing i'm too mad to even come up with anything coherent love you blue yeah those jerseys are gorgeous I'm a big fan of just baby blue in general. The Chargers should make it the permanent permanent jersey and the Houston Texans. I don't want to, people as a group are dumb. It's very true. 
people as a group are dumb. Ugh. I feel like that's uh, not not people listening to this podcast. You guys are great. But. Well, I don't know if we have enough listeners to be considered a group. I'm joking, all you guys. We know we love you. All right, let's get to our last category. Sit his ass on the bench, which I feel like is pretty self-explanatory. And I'll kick us off with uh, Devonta Freeman, who, despite having a big game against the Carolina Panthers and despite the 49ers defense giving up whatever, 46 points against the Saints, you shouldn't be playing him because those points didn't come to Saints running backs. Those points came to wide receivers, and the 49ers defense is still giving up the fewest points to running backs over the last four weeks, despite that game against the Saints. I have no faith in Devonta Freeman uh, this week. He's going to be running into the same old buzzsaw that every running back has been running into uh, when you play the San Francisco 49ers, and um, don't bother starting him. Devonta Freeman uh, just became a just doesn't exist to me in fantasy football terms anymore. I was so excited for him at the beginning of the year and ended up being so wrong on him that he just, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. That's fair. I respect that opinion. (laughs) But good call. Saints aren't too bad. Freeman's been struggling. The Falcons passing game is what you want to get in on. And especially because Richard Sherman is out or at least banged up which means that the 49ers secondary is going to be uh, a lot weaker than their front seven. Yeah. Um, I talk ad nauseum about Devonte Freeman and the nature of his knee injury. So I won't bore you guys with that too much, but I needless to say, I'm very much on board that starting him against the 49ers front is not a good idea. It will lose you your chance at a championship. Uh, Nicholas, why don't you give us the guy who you're putting on the bench, whose ass belongs on the bench. So this one might be a little silly, uh, depending on how you feel about him, because he's fairly polarizing. But um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the dude's just been up and mostly down this year. And I think a lot of people, <clears throat> it's kind of like what, why I wanted to talk about Tannehill was, you know, a lot of people like to go with the the proven or trusted commodity, like the name brand. And Rodgers has, I mean, he had one outstanding game in week seven when he shellacked the Raiders for 400 yards and five TDs. And he's he's had a couple good ones, but it, it's really been like matchup based, and and even then, it's not been. It has been a very far cry from the Rodgers of old, where you're like consistently getting three touchdowns a game. Yeah, no, totally. It's 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 uh, most of the time been two or none. Right. Um, when they played, when when they played, not that they're even like the same team, you know. In, but in in week one he only had 200 yards and one touchdown He had 13 fantasy points. So I, uh, the, the, the Chicago bears, they, they still specialize in stopping the pass. They don't really give a shit about the run. Um, or at least they can't stop it. But, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think this will probably just be kind of a, a Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams game. It's the, the better way to attack this defense is, is running. <gasps> I get some shit for that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that Rogers, if you want like 15 points, you can probably get it. But I don't think that he's going to contribute positively to your team in a uh, in a way that you, you need. And it's like, it, unless something weird happened, you're playing a strong team and you're going to need all the points you can get. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, sit Aaron Rodgers' ass on the bench. It's bold and we're quarterback heavy. And I feel a little bit better about my bold sit. And my bold sit is Russell Wilson. Again, not – a condemnation of the player, but because 
We know Seattle wants to run the ball. I think they have the second most rushing yards by running backs in the league, and they're playing against Carolina, who's giving up the most rushing yards to running backs in the league. I don't think that the Seahawks are going to have to do much against the Carolina Panthers, who are just going for Christian McCaffrey's thousand and a thousand season and otherwise are not very good and don't have much to play with. So uh, if you're expecting a big game out of Wilson, I'd like to just kind of echo what Nick said. If you're if, if you really are a dominant team and only need about 12 points, well, then sure. I think Russell Wilson is going to be fine, but I just don't think that he's going to have to do much uh, as the Seahawks bounce back from their odd loss against the Rams last week and go down to Carolina and just roll. Yeah, no. And we've talked about quarterbacks who I would have no problem starting certainly over Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I think I would agree with too. I think your premise is flawless because of the fact that the Panthers run defense, it has just, has just completely been non-existent this year. They're giving up 21 touchdowns on the ground to running backs. The next is the Packers with 14. Like it is amazing how bad this run defense is. And so I would expect with Richard Penny, out now with a torn ACL it's going to be a big Chris Carson week uh in my book and so uh and I think that's going to be we're right that's going to mitigate Russell Wilson's effectiveness and then for Aaron Rodgers yeah I totally agree so I do think that uh Rashad Penny being out for the the year with an ACL injury will make Pete Carroll uh tell Russell Wilson to throw the ball. I phrase that poorly, but I think that, you know, the loss of a prominent running back in the offense will make, uh, will allow for more work for Russell Wilson. But yeah, I mean, Carroll has showed us that he didn't like winning games with Russell Wilson. He wants to run the ball. His, his mantra is throw the ball 25 times and then run the ball 25 times or, or in reverse order. Um, he, he wants to somehow get to the impossible number of 50 snaps per game and he wants to have an even split. It's bonkers, but that's what he wants to do. He's clearly, uh, uh, in his mind, righted the ship and, and got the team back to doing that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this one. I, I, th- I mean, I've, I've, I've got him as like a, a mid to low quarterback one, but that's more of a, a floor ranking than a ceiling ranking. I, I do think that you can find better options to have uh, like blow up the box score kind of, kind of a day. Like Minshew. Like God, like Minshew. There's, you know, sometimes you get an assignment from your editor. It's really kind of just a fade, but we had to talk about something. So had to, you know, when the editor speaks, you have to, you do not want to disappoint him. Oh God. No, I've heard he's terrible. Them. You do not want to disappoint them. Sorry. The multiple editors that edit no, this gen- podcast. Gender neutral. Oh, gender neutral. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, we're progressives on this podcast. Yeah, he's got a mustache. Yeah. No, but we don't yeah. know who the editors are. I don't know. How to say. It, it could. It could not be me. But it is. Anyways, uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, starts and sits in every category for you. Lots of quarterbacks, but that's good. Because at this point, you've probably been made it, you've made it this far with a reliable set of wide receivers and running backs and a good set of flex guys you're playing. It's that stinky, stinky quarterback. How about Lamar Jackson going into Thursday night nursing an injury, boys? That's, oof. That's not great. That's tough. That is tough. I'm not. Is, I, I, nah, he, he, I mean, you got to go with in him. full. He practiced, he's full participant. But uh, could this be Lamar's no. worst game? Just you to have, let down. I mean, you have Dude, to go. Ryan with Fitzba- no, go look at the box score from last week. 
a a a uh yeah he's gonna be fine yeah it's just, I, I don't even have him in any injury. league i know injuries man don't even have him what nick no. did you Dude, listen he was to like our a own podcast oh god i'm not gonna take a, a quarterback before i take a kicker stick to your guns <laughs> that's fair that's fair all right dog you do you you do you you uh in any championship runs Oh my god! I have the I am, but oh, like, okay. I literally am top three in scoring in uh, four of my six leagues, and I am bottom three in the rankings in all of those leagues except for one of them, where I'm where I'm ahead of the league by like two hundred points. And yeah. This was a, a frustrating season for me. Clearly, that sucks. Yeah. That harkens back to my uh, Scott Fishbowl run where I was technically the luckiest person with like 500 fewer points for, but still finished first in the division. So, (laughs) felt great. Felt good. Rather be lucky than good any day. Amen. People are just seething looking at your team. That's right. (laughs) How's this guy keep winning? Just barely. That's how. (laughs) Carlos. uh, (laughs) Just barely. Just sneaking right past there. Um, All right. Well, normally we conclude these episodes with a call to the Oracle, but uh, she ran away with my father to Amsterdam and to Switzerland (laughs) for the weekend. So she is incommunicado right now. But... I do believe she's still perfect because I think Debo Samuel outperformed David Montgomery. Did he not, Nicholas? I think yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He, he did. totally did. So yeah, the Oracle the Oracle remains undefeated. So uh, hopefully we can get her onto the phone next week for basically championship level questions um, and we could really put her 100% correctness to the test. But that will have to wait until next week. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. We are there. Fake Teams Podcast channel is where you can find us. Follow us on Twitter at the RB1, at RB1 Podcast. That's it. Follow myself at Pete and Rogers. Follow Clark. you think after doing these like two times a week, I would know it, but you know, yeah, it happened. Uh, Clark at NFL Clark. Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Best of luck, everyone out there. Until then. Peace.